So, Emre, here we are. Yes. Where two years. after two years, we're finally sitting down and you know, putting putting pen to paper, if you will. Um, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Back in Istanbul, I was in the Mediterranean coast for a couple of months. It feels good to be back home. Oh wow! You were actually able yeah. to able to travel this time or around this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last last couple of months has been quite fun. I've been to, I don't know, maybe six, seven cities at least. And been on the road, like climbed a lot of mountains and stuff. It was really fun. Wow, no complaints. Um, I definitely want to hear about that. Um, so, so give me a little intro about yourself. Like, you know, where you're born, where you're raised, where you went to school. Okay, I'm 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 27. I just turned 27 a couple of days ago. So I'm getting old. And I was born and raised in Istanbul. Um, I traveled for three years. Lived in France for a while. Lived in Moscow for a bit. Traveled nine months in Asia, then came back to Istanbul. Now I have a couple startups that I'm working on. Also, I'm doing, I'm starting doing trade with uh, South America, and a lot of you know crazy stuff going on in life. That's the short version of my life. Pretty much. <laughs> well, yeah, it definitely sounds like you have a lot going on. So, to those that will actually be listening to this, you and I met uh in indonesia about yes. what three years ago something like that i think so yeah, yeah three years and i believe the one of the days that you and i met you were actually were you with some friends from russia at the time <laughs> possibly yes. yeah it was actually about about my birthday time as well so like exactly two years ago because yeah. it was my 24th birthday and i was trying to drink for 24 hours straight but i had bali belly so that didn't go out as good as i imagine that but is definitely less. yeah that is definitely a tall order i can't imagine yeah. drinking for yeah. 24 hours straight how far did you get well five hours because i had i had food poisoning man i, I went five <laughs> hours with food, food poisoning that's how dedicated i was <laughs> oh my god um yeah well at the time so it's 2021 now believe it or not so this is around was it 2017 when we met, I think eighteen, two thousand eighteen. We met two thousand eighteen about February. Then uh, I came back to Bali, and of course, you were still in Bali. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so a couple of months later, I came back, and I remember like the first night I came back, I dropped my bags at the hostel, and I came to Pretty Poison to see you. Right, right. And you were with uh, like Laureen, Thomas, and the guys, and I just you know instantly, you know. Back in Bali. Back in Bali. And quick quick shout out to the owner of the farm hostel, Cody. Uh, awesome place. One nice, of, nice. Yeah, the, incredible place, incredible people. Yeah, I, I hope that they get back up and running in full force once um, everything settles Hopefully. back down with COVID. Yeah. So um, is it common, Emre, for people in Turkey to take a year or uh, you know half not a year to go travel? A gap year, gap year is not a concept that we have in Turkey. So if not, it, by, not at all. So if it's not a concept in Turkey, what do people usually do? Uh, they 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 tend to go on holidays around Europe mm-hmm. for like a, a day or two week. Like it's more and more touristic activity instead of traveling. Uh, they they don't they don't uh, you know getting lost is not a concept. They plan you know they have tours and stuff. The Turkish people, I mean, one, the currency is not very strong, so that doesn't allow people to travel as much as they want to. Mm-hmm. The second, uh, the concept, I mean, the idea is that, that Turkey is pretty enough. You don't need to see a lot outside. That's how they think. It is pretty, mm-hmm. for sure, but there's a lot to see outside as well. So, yeah, when... Uh, balance. 
Right. When, uh, when I was in Turkey, I definitely felt the national pride. Um, the people that I talked to, everybody wanted to tell me all the best places that I could go to in Turkey. They, yeah. they, they never said like, oh, hey, you should pop over to Bulgaria or you should pop over to the Ukraine. No, no they, no. they said this country has everything. And uh, I, I think they're right. I think it's a very um, well-rounded experience in that country. But well, so, I mean, the, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what made you want to leave with that national pride? You know, what made you want to go explore? Uh, I, I always, oh, I mean, okay, the first time I went traveling i was i was six i went to states with my family and i asked them is it okay if we don't go back (laughs) to me like it it always made i always i always fucking love this i don't know why like i went to paris the next time and i was i was eight and i went to disneyland and i got sick right after the first story then i got obsessed with disneyland so i had to go to disneyland again again and again then when i go back to disneyland a couple years later i fell in love with paris so i had to go to paris again and it's just a, it's just a loop that began. It just hasn't stopped yet. Right. Like I, it always, I always, like anytime I travel, it feels right. Mm-hmm. Anytime, anytime I'm on the road, anytime I meet new people, it just feels right. So instead of questioning why it feels right, I just do the things that feel right for me. Sure. I, I, I kind of understand for sure. I, I felt a similar restlessness um, in my late 20s. And that's what kind of catapulted me to go take uh, what I thought was going to be six months, but turned out to be about two years of uh, traveling yeah. abroad. Yeah, it, it, it sneaks up on you quick. Um, well, in the pictures of you, with the, you know, the first months of the travels and the time that I met was you know, a huge difference, man. Two years make a lot of difference. Two years makes a lot of difference. My mentality, I think, evolved, and I just started realizing how much I didn't know about the world and about what, you know, the, the word travel always gets me with people because it's not a very descriptive word. You know, you go ahead and say mm-hmm. travel, it could mean anything from taking a weekend holiday to taking two weeks in another country to traveling for like six months backpacking through South America. Like the word is so nondescript. We have we have a we have a word for it in Turkish. We call them uh, we call people that travel with the intention of traveling the way that we do. It's called seyah. Well, when you say yeah, we call them so say yeah. So when you say traveling the way that we do, what does that mean to you? Uh, to me, it's not tra- uh, traveling for the purpose of traveling, not going somewhere, not taking some pictures for Instagram, not doing anything other than being one second. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard you. Uh, so in, instead, you know, just forget about all the perceptions about traveling that's been taught to us, being on the road, being meeting people, meeting locals, just doing things that you never thought you would be able to do or even accept doing you know just anything that feels right being in the moment i guess that's what it's going in the direction of this conversation yeah yeah and and enjoying the moment and i think that's important for people i think when they take the amount of time out of their their routine or away from their career away from their families um a lot of the things that they thought were true somewhat dissolve and they get to live a life that they see fit that they see that interests them and it kind of changes priorities i've i've met a lot of people at the beginning of long trips and i've talked to them a few months later and that amount of time can kind of reshape your priorities um but i mean it it reshapes the perception that you have about yourself absolutely so all of a sudden the things that you could do or you should do they evolve as you do 
So, you know, the time on the road, I mean, the road is just a metaphor in some sense. Right? <laughs> the time you get to spend, spend with yourself. Yeah. There's no one else. Like if, if you get bored here, if I get bored in Istanbul, I can just go call a friend and just hang out and chill. But I mean, when that happens in a village in Thailand, I have no other option than just going saying hi to a random people, exactly. random Thai villagers. So that like, it's just an experience that you gain. Right. And uh, I've, I, I definitely keep in mind that a lot of time people think that when you go to a X country, you're going to meet a lot of those kind of people, which is true. But because of the climate and the way that the world works, you meet so many people from around the world. Um, but only if you have the time and only if you're open to the experience. Because if you're only there for two weeks, you got the whole thing planned out. You have to stay at this hotel and you're going to this resort and you're locked in. You're never really going to meet anybody. But a lot of budget travelers, people who stay at hostels or homestays, yeah. that's almost their number one priority is to like make friends. I mean, this this conversation right now is happening because you and I made it more of a priority to meet people that were exactly that were around us while we we're in this different country than we did to say, oh, let's spend more money and stay at a really nice place and basically not yeah. not meet anybody. Yeah. I mean I mean um I think the percentage of cool people or the people that we get along with in this cool in that sense, of course. Like, I think like-minded, like-minded is a good word. Exactly. I mean, it's the same no matter where you are. It's a very low percentage and it's a low percentage among the people that travel as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not like every day you're going to run into people that you're going to click. I mean, I, I meet, I met so, uh, six months in Asia. That was the longest I've been with, like, you know, full-on traveling I, I i travel on and off so I, I travel for a couple of months i come back recharge get some money and then go travel again right whereas in asia i went for six months and in those six months i met thousands of people so i can meet what like 15 people mm -hmm. 10 15 people out of thousands is what i was after right in order to reach that i i said hi how are you to thousands of people right. many of them that didn't even reply in any sense and i was like cool i'll find someone that you know values my being that stuff sure um i remember when we were in indonesia we'd go around you know we'd meet people and a lot of people were very fascinated with you being from turkey because they don't meet a lot of turkish yeah. um, people like on holiday or on vacation why is that well i mean okay let's 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 look at the scandi people there are like what, a couple million of them right Scan scandinavian shout out to jonathan and Lucas and as well. And, and Lucas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I found out that I'm like 1% Norwegian, by the way. I think I am a bit Scandinavian as well. <laughs> my uncle got a test. Someone in my family went bad. I don't know, bro. Like, you know what's funny is that's, that's always everybody's mentality. When they see something that's not supposed to be there, they think it has to do with like infidelity. But, you know, who knows? Anyway. But, yeah, I mean, I don't mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so the, the, with the Turkish people... Uh, if you go way back, I mean, Turks, they, they, they uh, migrated from Asia to, you know, where we are right now into Europe as well. So we're, we're nomads, you know, like the uh, so being a nomad within the culture, being on the move is within the culture. But when it comes to the modern day traveling, we, I, I, I can't say we take part at it. I don't know. It's probably because of the lack of uh, English speakers in the country. Because mm -hmm. that blocks you a lot if you don't speak good English. And I cannot, you know, defend Turkish people when it comes to this. I think that plays a huge role. 
other than that, it's it's just you know, first of all, about traveling. I mean, they they rather go to two hot spots in Turkish man bedroom and spend thousands of dollars in a couple nights out instead of traveling and being in places and experiencing things. So it's cool as well. I mean, if they enjoy, if that makes them happy. Who am I to say anything? But to me, it wasn't right. Right. So I I I I went the other way. I just any money that I could get, I just get a plane ticket and go, which is not easy to do. Because I have like. 12 Schengen visas now in the last five to six years. Right. Because Turkey, I, I need my pass. You remember my passport. You were making so much fun of me because of my passport. What was in what Bali. was I making fun of you about? Uh, because how awful my passport was and I had to get visas to anywhere that I go compared to um, oh, Turkish passport. Oh, to the, right, right, yeah. right. I remember now. Yeah, because the, the boundaries or the, uh, the things that hold you up being a Turkish citizen yeah. are way greater than being a United States right. citizen. I mean, I, I watch, I watch, so okay, uh, there's this movie, Midnight in Paris by Woody Allen. I watched that movie one night. I feel really pumped. I say, okay, fuck it. I'm going to go to Paris. <laughs> it takes me two weeks to go to Paris after I make that decision. I got to apply for a visa, prepare the documents, get the visa, and then I can fly to Paris and go. Wow. So, you know, spontaneous travel is not really uh, an option, but mm-hmm. still, there are a couple countries, there are a few countries I can go. Indonesia is quite friendly. I mean, I, that's the reason why I didn't go to Australia. I was, I was forced to go to Australia to work, you know, with all the backers in South Asia. Mm-hmm. And all they have to do is just fill an online form and get a working visa in Australia. They can stay for multiple months and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I had to do was to go and take a TOEFL exam to prove that I can speak English and do all these uh, ridiculous things to fulfill their recurrent requirements for people to come in, which was, I was thinking, if you don't want me to come, I will not. That's, that's my approach to things. It's probably not the smartest one you know, because those are countries and I'm just a human being. But yeah. still, if you, I mean, if they don't, if I feel like I'm not welcomed in a country, I try to avoid it because I know there are countries that I'm welcomed. Right. Do you feel like there are countries that are more, obviously more favorable towards Turkey and maybe the Muslim religion and other countries that are not? I mean, I, I know that there are, but what countries did you maybe realize were not so accepting? of uh you know a turkish citizen or turkish passport uh ukraine ukraine it was the one that i felt most without it i mean i which is really i i can understand i'm a lot of turkish people go to ukraine for tourism so when when you're turkish assume that you're that's the only reason why you're there but i went there because i was studying russian i was going to move to russia it, it took me like anytime i meet someone that i had to Claim them that I'm not one of those Turks. I'm like this kind of you know, I, I do I do this here, but you know I understand them. Trust me. I mean, when I was in Ukraine, I was doing my best to avoid Turkish people there as well. So, isn't that so I funny? Can. That's that's a pretty standard practice for people who I've met that travel long term is they tend to avoid people from their home country. If yeah. If, I mean, if you're on a short holiday, you're like, oh, hey, we're from the same place. But if you're on a longer stretch, it's like the last thing as an American, the last thing you want to do is meet another American. So it's the same thing for you and Turkish people. It, 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 some, I mean, 
in some way, yes. In another way, because we don't have that many people traveling around. Every now and then, once you find the cool people, it's always nice. Mm. So it's nice to meet like cool people from Turkey. You know, when you're in Ukraine, like what what did you like most about Ukraine, or what were the kind of dynamics between what was welcoming and what was not welcoming? Well, the the thing is the thing is I didn't meet that many cool few Turkish people in Ukraine. <laughs> That's the thing. The Ukrainian people were cool in general, but uh, you know the food was incredible. The nightlife was really cool. I, I my time spent there was beautiful, but the Turkish people there I understand why they don't like Turkish people there. Once I met the Turks there, so it's it's yeah, it's understandable to say the least. What is the stereotype or what are the practices uh, the that they don't like? I mean. The time I went there, it was you didn't even need a passport to go to Ukraine. So all you needed was the new ID, so you can just book a flight and go to Ukraine. So pretty much anyone who never got laid in Turkey just they booked a, a flight ticket and went to Ukraine. So they fucking don't like Turkish people, which is understandable. I mean, that is definitely a stereotype that some Americans have of Ukraine that a lot of people go there to like find a wife. Is same that year, same year. okay? So that stereotype holds up. Where, where does yeah. that? I mean, in your experience being there, where where does that stereotype come from? Why why is that because the case? Of, because the Ukrainian women are beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much. Uh, they, they, I mean, it's a Slavic Slavic people. They're gorgeous, and overall, I mean, it's, it's you got you you can't compare them to Russians in some sense uh, as as of you know the physical uh, outlook. But the language are, is the same, right? What? The language is the same. Not not really. They speak Ukrainian. Some parts, I mean, the parts I've been to, they speak Russian. Uh, I've been to Odessa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have their own language there. They have their culture. I mean, the, the history between Ukraine and Russia, that's a whole different story. So I can understand why they don't like to put in the same sentence. Right. But overall, I mean, it's just beautiful women, beautiful people, nice culture. They're adaptable. That's one thing. Overall, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not I don't. Know. I just spent two weeks in Ukraine. I don't, I don't think I have adequate information to tell why the stereotype. Is like <laughs> overall, I mean, I, I, all I can say is I like them. Yeah, that's what I want to leave with at this. Yeah, I mean, in past conversations, you you've spoken quite a bit about Ukraine, so definitely that two weeks had an impact on you. You definitely for enjoyed sure. it for right. sure. Right. I mean, Ukraine, Russia. I mean, those to me, those are like three, three and a half months that I spent because. It was a completely new world because in the in the West, I'm pretty much like a Western Turk. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more used to the European culture. Of course, I have the Middle Eastern and Eastern culture with me, but uh, with the West, you know, the the Russian history, the Soviet history, it's a big no-no. So people don't really know the history of those parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And once you, until you know the history, you cannot really understand the people. So there goes the stereotype of you know those people are weird. Right. You cannot understand them. They're, they're different. No, they're not. They're just fucking human. But you just don't know what, you know, shaped them into these beings that they are. So before before I went into those, you know, entered to that world, I, I, I studied because I had a lot of free time in my hands. So I did, like, you know, the history courses, online history courses and shit. So I, you know, studying Russian on the side, just trying to uh, put myself in a position where I can adapt as quickly as I can and, you know, minim minim take the culture shock to the minimal right do you feel like yeah. that also helps you maybe enjoy the place you were in by doing a little bit of For a sure. dive I mean, into the history instead, instead instead of questioning why people are like that i'm just trying to understand you know I mean, yeah i'm still questioning why but i have a ground to you know 
build up on. Oh, okay, they're like this, so they behave like that. Or right. have have some sort of an insight. Do you and not not actually shoes? Do you know much about this? Is kind of an off the wall question, but do you know much yeah. about Rasputin? I think so. Yeah, I just learned about him a little bit. He was like born a uh, born a peasant and ended up being uh, like a religious healer to the king and queen. And he has a sick fucking beard. That's he's sure. got a good beard, and he was also supposedly like sleeping with the Russian queen and all the the high level Russian officials ended up having him murdered. Like it's a super interesting story. If anybody's got the time to look it up, I, yeah, I, I, I won't a focus mystical on it. Advisor. Yes, exactly. Um, That's a fucking beautiful job. Description. Yeah. He's, he's a really interesting story. I recommend that people take a listen to it or take a, take a look to it. Um, so anyway, Emery, I want to get, I want to get back to the topic of like where you and I met in, yeah. we met in Bali primarily, but at the time you were on a, trip in southeast asia for several yes. months right yeah six months six over six months so what was the what what happened in that six months where did you start you know i was i was supposed to start from nepal so i met, I met this guy uh he he does boutique tours that he takes turkish people all around the world so he's, he's he traveled to over 100 countries like crazy guy and he like he worked uh, as save and rescue in Everest and Himalayas and a cool as fuck guy, cool guy. Uh, so I met him one day and this is right after Russia and I'm thinking, okay, what do I do next? What's my next step? And I always knew I wanted to travel. So there was this guy who had been all around the world and I went to see him one day and we just started talking about travel. And I just, you know, after 30 minutes, uh, he pretty much gifted me a tour of Nepal for 10 days. Hmm. Yeah, so that was a fucking sign that I said, okay, I guess I'm going to Asia. So you so met the, you met this guy where Istanbul. Okay, and uh, he and he Istanbul, ran tours. He, yeah, he gave me a ten uh, day tour of Nepal for free. Wow, which is fucking incredible. Still love to love the guy to this day. I just met him a couple months ago. You want to give him a uh, you want to tell people who he is? Uh, Seyahane. Seyahane is the name of his uh, um, tour company. I like. Uh, I'll I'll do some things with him in the future. I'll I'll make sure I pay my debts. So no questions. Or yeah, we'll we'll put a link. Yeah. We'll put a link in the in the description so if somebody yeah, hears that they yeah, can they can find him. Yeah. yeah, why not? Of course. Um, uh, so yeah, that, I was supposed to go to Nepal, but then all of a sudden I realized I didn't want to wait that long, so I booked a flight to Thailand. Uh, I missed my flight the first day. I had a connection flight to Moscow, and I missed my connection flight. Fun fact, if you miss your connection flights, you need to leave the country within 24 hours if you don't have a visa. So I had an exciting 24 hours because my the, the, the same company that I missed the flight with had a flight in like 15 minutes after a day. So it wasn't working. I was in Moscow. Nobody was friendly in any sense. With my little knowledge of Russian, I did my best, but it didn't work. Then I went to Thailand. Uh, I got attacked by an elephant in the national park then i went to bali of first whoa, 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 of whoa, whoa, whoa. you can't just glaze over attacked by an elephant i think we need a little yeah. context here <laughs> so i was always always uh i don't know like the first week of my travels i was still in bangkok and i got i got kicked out of one of the hostels for that reason nothing serious <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, fuck this city. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I just uh, found this Kao Yai National Park a couple hours outside of Bangkok. 
uh, I went there. I stayed there for like two, three days. And I was with a friend, Matt, and we we got a, like a Jeep. We were driving around with a tour guide and shit. It's like gorgeous, uh, tropical, you know, rainforest. It's, it's beautiful. I just came from Middle East. I'm not, this is a, you know, completely different world. And throughout the day, so by the way, while we're uh, traveling in the park, uh, I just, whenever I see someone walking, I just pick them up to our car. So we have more people, you know, more people to talk with and just, you know, socialize and stuff. So the entire day we looked for elephants. And at the end of the day, literally as we're going back, we saw the elephants. Because it's a huge park. There's a one and, you know, you don't always run into them. And we, we got a little too excited and got too close to take pictures. And the elephant pretty much roared and run towards us for a couple of steps it was like a bit uh, i'm gonna say scary in some <laughs> sense. but it's a fucking it was it was beautiful nonetheless i didn't die what'd you guys but do was, just throw the car in reverse and get out of there well, well i mean so the, the car was 100 meters away the car was 150 meters away the closest person to us was about a hundred meters away, we got too close to elephant with my friends, with Matt. We got excited because we saw elephants. And there's not a like, lot of regulation. There's not a lot of people watching you, telling you, "Hey, you don't want to get too close." Right. It's 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 a huge park, which you know, it's it's their natural habitat. They're right. the ones that, that was that was that was. I, I think that's what he said to me, the elephant. Like this is my area. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't speak Thai, so you didn't understand. Or elephants. Or yeah. elephant tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what happened in Thailand. Nothing happened. Then I went to Bali uh, a couple of weeks in Bali, but it was the rain season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the right time for me to be in Bali. Then I went to Komodo for three nights, four days. Fucking gorgeous. gorgeous like one of the best times of my, like one of the highlights of my trip. Yeah. For those who and, don't know, uh, Komodo National Park and Komodo Island is the only place in the world where the Komodo dragons exist. It's big giant lizards. Dragons. Um, but I don't, I think they're actually struggling um, maintaining them. Uh, I think, I think, I think they're, they're closed down right now. Yeah. Because, because of the pollution or something. Pollution. Mm-hmm. I think they had too much tourism. I think the yeah. people that were caring for the Komodo dragons were also just feeding them, so they were kind of losing their wild kind of nature about them. So they're they're trying still, to fix they it. They still look scary as fuck, though. They're huge. They're they're yeah. like alligator size. You know, I don't know. And I mean, the, the only only protection that you have over there is there's this uh, guard with a stick in his hand, and they tell you this like if. If those fuckers decide to chase you, they go like they can get fast, like fifteen kilometers or something or twenty. But the thing is, they cannot go zigzag, so you can. They cannot make any turns, so that's what they tell you if they start chasing you. Make a fucking turn. Oh man, I don't even remember them telling me that. I just remember they have this that long stick that yeah, that, that yeah. spears off into two ends. So basically, they can just kind of poke them and keep them maybe like six feet away from you. Anyway, so so you're in Komodo, yeah, rainy Komodo, season. I, I got back from Komodo. This is about like the third week of my travel, mm. and uh, I'm back in uh, Labuan Bajo, I guess, the, the fisherman village right next to Komodo. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got to look back. So so I'm three weeks in. I'm thinking about you know, okay, how is this going? Because I had all these plans about what I was going to do, what I was going to see, and all the shit. 
And at this point, I had enough data to look back and see how it's going. And it had nothing to do with the way I was planning things to go. Like, absolutely nothing. And But it still, it was the best time of my life. So I decided, okay, what happens if I stop making any plans and just fucking roll with it? So the next five months of my life, uh, the traveling five months, I just, I had no plans. Mm. Best time of my life. So best, the pl- best the, time of my life. So the, the I realized beginning... plans, plans are just a way that our mind tricks, tricks us that we're in control. Whereas in reality, we're not to look at the fucking pandemic going on. Right, right. But, so yeah. the start of this trip was very typical. You booked a tour in Nepal. Everything was very structured. But within what, a month, two months, not even, you just threw caution to the wind and you were just saying like, oh, I met some cool people. They're going oh, to bro, this country. I, went, I mean, I went to Nepal a week after Komodo. So I I, I booked everything. Um, I, I, oh, I just couldn't wait. So I just, I I just went on before the, the tour, traveled for a month, went to Nepal with the tour for 10 days. And then I was, I spent a couple of weeks in Himalayas and Life was good, man. Back then, life was really good. I mean, life is life is still good. It's just different. For and sure. I think in the For future, sure. especially with everything going on in COVID, it's going to have to evolve. But things things are going to come back. And, you know, this hopefully the whole point of this podcast is going to help people navigate the travel world a bit better and give them some resources. Or worst case scenarios, we're just going to be talking about the heyday in which we had all these freedoms and this ability to go whenever, wherever we wanted. Um, something I want, wanted to kind of get your two cents on is uh, a lot of people have talked to me about traveling and taking significant amount of time off. And Mm -hmm. it's always looked at for the most part, you know, I I do have to generalize here to be able to talk about anything, but Mm -hmm. people say like, oh my gosh, how did you take so much time off work? How are you able to afford it? Um, You know, what are you coming back to? All these questions. And it's like, if you stay at a five-star resort and you're taking first-class flights, you're not going to last long. I don't care how much money you have, you know, it's not a sustainable way of traveling. Or if you go to a country and you say... Let's just use Spain as example. You know, people go two days Madrid, two days Barcelona, two days San Sebastian, then they go over to Portugal. It's like you you are going to be exhausted and and there's no way you're going to be able to keep this kind of behavior up. But if you're taking buses and trains and staying at, you know, the cheapest, basically the cheapest accommodation you can tolerate, it's like you start seeing all the benefits of the country and you start eating the local food and you start talking to the local people and you meet people from all over these countries that are in this same country doing the same thing that you're doing all of a sudden what looked crazy from your home country perspective you meet all these um, people in this country that are not from there doing the same thing you are it's like oh i'm actually kind of generic like there's a lot of people (laughs) doing the same stuff and it's like almost kind of calming because initially you feel like, whoa, I was really doing something that nobody did before. And then you actually physically get to meet these people that are living a similar life that you are. So And then, then, and people that have already done the things that you are so excited exactly. that you're experiencing. So, so that's, just, that's also a big reason of why we're trying to do this is I'm trying to collect that information so that it's not something that you have to get person to exactly. person in a real location. It's something that you can get 
digitally. And it's not just a beautiful picture of a beautiful background. It's like real hardcore information. Anyway, my, my, the point of my question is, it's like, is that kind of where you started? Is that what happened no, to you? A no, little no, bit? no. I mean, I'm, <laughs> okay. I, I, first thing is time is always there. So you, you don't find time. You just decide what is more important to you. What's your priority and you go for it. And to me, it was traveling. That's how I had the time. Time was like, I had to work, I had to study, I had to do this, I had to do that, but I just wanted to travel more than I wanted to do anything other than that, so I did that. That's my take on this. Right. And uh, coming, so the most, okay, the most common thing that I hear when I talk about traveling with people from Turkey is they're afraid that they will not come back. To me, that's the craziest thing, because if you do not come back, it means you found somewhere you would be happier and you decide to stay there. And the, when you, you say they're the when you say they're afraid what when you say they're afraid not to come back what do you mean by that they're scared they're scared that they're gonna not come back and you know not coming back to, going out of the comfort zone is a not easy thing to do for many people and the idea of not returning back to a comfort zone is something they're completely not used to so i understand what why they're afraid in some sense but then again, if you leave and decide not to come back, that means you created or found some place that fits you better. So that's, I don't understand it. You know, it's a, uh, I understand why they're afraid, but the potential outcome one way or another is going to be beneficial for you. So right. just go, just book a, just book a flight. That's, sure. that's the only thing. Just book a flight and go. The but, rest will but how do people the way it's supposed to happen. how do people come to that conclusion that the risk that they're going to take is actually going to be beneficial? Well, uh, to me, I, I can I can speak. Okay, so I've been to, I've been to about thirty countries. I haven't been to that many countries, but I spend a lot of times in the, I spend about a month in the countries that I've been to. A little over a month every country I've been to, on yeah, average. Same, same. And so the, the 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 thing that I saw is. There isn't a single country that I will not go back to. There are some that I had bad experiences. There, there are some I had incredible experiences. But those are my experiences depending on the exact moment that I was there. Mm. No matter what happened, no matter how it happened, there are always uh, there are always things that I can learn from throughout my travel experiences. And to me, that's, that's something that I decided very early on because I wanted to have fun, but I wanted to grow as an individual as well. And I, I found traveling as a way to do both of them at the same time. Because usually you get either one or the other. You don't get to have fun and grow as an individual that often in the many fields. Yeah. And to me, traveling was one that I get to, one, grow as a person, see different perspectives, see different lives. And two, I had so much fun. Like no matter, <laughs> even if I didn't grow, even the slightest bit, I had so much fun. It was okay. Whereas I did. So it's a win-win. it was a win-win for me. And when it comes to deciding of letting go in some sense, it's just buy the ticket. That's all you have to do. Right. Anything other than that, any other thing that you say other than buying the ticket, it's just an excuse that your mind is trying to keep you within the comfort zone. Right. Buy the ticket and the rest will sort itself out. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm sympathetic. There are real barriers out there that hold people back, but there are no barriers that are impossible to traverse. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, you said, you made it your number one priority. And when it's your number one priority, you find a way to make it happen. Exactly. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't come from a culture that accepts what I do. 
they no one it wasn't easy for them it's okay one i cannot expect them to understand because it's not normal here did you get a lot of, uh, did you get a lot of pushback when you decided to take this well, time off when i decided to take it when i took it when i came back it's just you know I understand. I, I can I can put myself in their shoes. If they accepted I was right, they accept that they were wrong. So it's always easier to point fingers other than trying to find blaming yourself. Mm. So I understand. And all I all I try to do is like I, I'll I'll put a smile and I'll take on whatever they say and I just try to convince them to go and travel. <laughs> yeah I mean I've I've kind of had similar experiences you know telling people buy the ticket jump off you know the, the cliff the parachute will open all these things but there's a lot of time and energy spent into developing your place in your local community whether it be the house that you own or the apartment that you rent or the job that you have or the group of friends and when you leave you know, there's a void there and that void will be filled by somebody else, you know, whether it's okay. a job. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. 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 Oh, no. And, and I'm not and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just the, the nature of things. But when you come back, I think most people will find a spot to fill that was better than their previous spot. I think if you travel the right way, if you. Uh, so there was the spot that you used to feel before you travel. You travel the right way. You see, you see beautiful places. You meet beautiful people. Then you come back, and you're actually you're you're bigger than you were. So you cannot fit into the spot that you were before. <laughs> so you're gonna find the better spot for yourself. Right. So coming back to the spot that you left, that's that's a no brainer. You can easy because right. people and things don't change as quick as you do once you sure. travel. And to, just to add to that, I don't want people to think that it's a you're a better or worse person by doing any of these specific things because that's kind of subjective. But what you are is you are diff you are different. Yeah. I, I will say that to people. I'm not saying that traveling is the answer to make everybody a better person by no means. Yeah, but I'm it talking is, about myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And I just want to share with others that it's like, it's an option. It's like going to the gym. You're going to be a different person. Yeah. If you eat healthier, yeah. you're going to be a different person. If you do like, if you smoke or drink too much, you're going to be a different person because of it. So this is something that feeds into that as well. Um, for better, for worse. Um, and I definitely have seen the positives that it brings. A lot of people have a better understanding, a better patience, and uh, a willingness to kind of, you know, understand and look at people in a way that is, you know, why are you the way you are? Is it a cultural thing? Is it a geographical thing? Is it a religious thing? It, it, you start looking at the world as, um, a summation of all of moving parts uh and i and i like looking at the world like that and when i yeah. meet people that have spent a good amount of time out of their home country they sometimes sympathize to that sort of perspective um but back to your point and, yeah back to your and, point and, and, and another another thing in that regard is uh, so one of one of the uh i met this guy same age as me he's born in 94 i met this guy from he's from tibet he's a refugee from tibet living in nepal he's selling uh rings and necklaces in a uh one of the villages in himalayas on the track in on up in the track so this this guy same age as me and a completely different life and this guy doesn't travel so he's not he's, he's working he's trying to make the ends meet and i just clicked with him i just i just you know everything that he made he told me about his life. I told him about my life and it, it just made sense. And we just, just clicked. And 
from a perspective of a guy from Istanbul, there's no chance I will connect with a guy with that background or that being that he is on paper. Mm-hmm. But in reality, once you once you give people a chance, once you once you say hi enough, like the way I the way I think about it is if you get turned down enough, if you say hi to enough people and enough people don't say hi back to you, you don't mind if the next one says hi or not. So you just keep on having this positive attitude towards meeting people. And eventually you will run into people with the most random backgrounds, with the most random stories that's going to make so much sense to you that pretty much will make you understand life from a different perspective. That's what happens. 100%, 100%. There are so many fascinating stories I've heard from relatively average people that you'll yeah. never hear these stories unless you put yourself in these positions. And I'm, and I'm hoping again that this podcast is going to put some of those stories out, um, out into the world. So with, with everything that's been going on in the world lately, where, where do you see, you know, the, the evolution of travel and vacation? And do you think we're going to be able to get back to somewhat what we used to be able to do, which is, you know, packing up whatever you can carry and getting a visa and going somewhere? Yeah. I mean, I, I, at, at least I know I'm gonna give it a shot in couple, in the next couple of months. I'm, I'm I'm contemplating about South America. Right. That's 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 something that really excites me this, these days. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, little and, little side note: I'm getting my Peruvian citizenship next week. That's random. That's it's good super random. Well, just 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 to let everybody know, my mother's born and raised in Peru. She's a Peruvian citizen who came to America, and Peru just, just changed. We're in topic, just we're in topic. My mom is from like, <laughs> Georgian roots, and my dad is from Hatay, right next to the Syrian border. And uh-huh. that's that's the fucking craziest thing. Okay, so my dad is from the village right next to the Syrian border. Yeah. Oh, she also, in- also, quick side note: Emery's dad is like an amazing ping pong player, world <laughs> champion. Yeah. Nah, he won what against like 10, 10 sets against zero against you? I didn't win. I, I don't think I won a single point that he didn't let me win. Like I consider myself a fairly good player, but this man is next level. He is <laughs> and unreal. You, and you flew in from Bali. You're like fucking jet lagged and tired, and he didn't even let you win a single set just to no. make you feel good. He he fed me breakfast. We walked over to the rec center in, in Istanbul, and we just went out at ping pong. And I just <laughs> I was dripping sweat. The guy didn't break a sweat at all. And I yeah. you're, and also you're I'm I'm. You know, I was 30 at the time, and your dad is how old? Uh, 50 something. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I got to go practice my ping pong. Anyway, tell me, <laughs> tell me more about your dad and the Syrian border. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's just so my dad is from uh, the village right next to the border. So if he was born into the next village, I would have been a Syrian refugee. Like wow. the border you can see right from the village. So I'm lucky as it gets. That's mm-hmm. the way I take on life. I'm, I'm lucky, no questions. But um, like the, what he did, I mean, the, the reason why we met, the reason why I travel as much is because of him. So he, they, they, he always traveled abroad because he came from this village, this from this tiny city. So traveling abroad was something that he was um, obsessively chasing to some regard. If I if I'm this obsessive about this, imagine you know from a guy from Hatay to have a son like this. How you know if he wasn't traveling as much, I wouldn't be traveling as much. Right. And but I, you, you and travel I, you know, even more than he did. Yeah, I travel. So he yeah. thinks you're a little bit nutty, even. Yeah. A little. <laughs> a little. 
Yeah, I think I think a lot of people who travel for long periods of time, I think their families all think that they're a little nutty because it's not something that you know a lot of people do um, traditionally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I I I fucking love my family. They try to relate. They try to understand. But you know, once okay, once there is this thing that about traveling long term. Once you leave and once you come back again, you don't necessarily come back as the same guy. Mm. Yeah. Your your perception about life changes, your perception about yourself changes. At core you're the same, no doubt, but a lot of things change. And people that see you after a long time, they assume you're the same kid that just left. Whereas it's in reality it's not necessarily true. So there's a there's a little bit of uh, a challenge of adapting back to, but once you do, it's it's all love, it's beautiful, you know. Mm. I'm I'm so glad I got to spend this time with my family the last couple of years. Yeah. Now they, you know, they moved out of Istanbul. We just adopted a dog today. So you know, ex, you know, for the family, it's beautiful times. They're happy. They live, dude. They live in this gorgeous village down in the uh, where the Aegean and Mediterranean coast in Turkey meets. It's this tiny village called Selimiye. If anyone decides to come to Turkey and go to those regions, hit me up. I'll be more than happy to help. Yeah, yeah it's if, beautiful. If, if anybody listening ends up making their way to Turkey, please put yeah, a comment or, or write. We'll we'll put you in touch with Emre. He is probably the best host I could ever ask for. When I spent, uh, I don't know, I spent two or three weeks there. I think about two weeks. Yeah, two um, weeks. it was basically a yeah. two week layover um, on my way to the Netherlands, on my way back to America, and. I got to say, man, you, you really showed me so much more of what Turkey is than I ever thought it was because it is a massive country. It is so it is. big and so sprawling and you have almost every type of climate, every type yeah, of terrain. Yeah, I mean, four seasons, everything is here. I mean, the, the, the seaside is gorgeous. And the time you were, uh, you came in about late November, about December. It was so cold. It wasn't warm. It, it wasn't was cold. so cold. <laughs> Yeah, a little cold. We did Cappadocia, which is a beautiful couple's holiday. Not not best gone with a bold American guy. Just so, <laughs> just so you guys know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we had a road trip about what eight hundred kilometers inside yeah. the country and back, so a little more uh, fifteen hundred kilometers. I remember for three we, days, four days. I don't know if it was before or after. after uh, Cappadocia is it Cappadocia? Cappadocia. Yeah, yeah, Cappadocia. 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 I don't remember yeah. if it was before or after that, but we went to this mountain valley to just kind of take in the all the trees and oh, yeah, look yeah. at after, it. After we went yeah, to but the, we almost ran out of seven gas. Lakes. Yeah, a friend of mine had a house there. We went to his house right. after. But I remember yeah. we went like up, 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 and then we went down, 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 down into this river valley in the car, and we got to the yeah. bottom of it. And um, who was your name of your friend that we were with? Burak. Brock's like, hey, uh, we don't really have any gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, we are gonna freeze to death out here if we don't make it, you know, to the top of this hill. Because we American. can we can roll down. Yeah, I was I was concerned for sure. Um anyway, Emery, we've we've been talking here for about, you know, just shy of an hour. Is there is there anything else that you want to touch on or anything you want to share? Mm-hmm. Anything I want to share. I mean, this is your time. You know, this is this is your oh episode. God, I I appreciate okay. you I coming on here. By the way, I, I just well, I appreciate you coming on here and giving your time and your perspective. Um, anytime, anytime. You want. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have you back. 
But so I guess what are the, the biggest advantages or, or what could you tell people that are maybe on the fence um, about traveling or people who what think, else you, think it's like... Un, what, un, what else you have better to do other than traveling? That's the question I have to people. Say that again? If you, what, what else is better than traveling that you have on your hands right now? That's the question. If there is something better than traveling that you would rather do, then do that. Whereas to me, if I have something that's... If there's nothing more fun than traveling that I can do at the moment, I'll go and travel anytime. I think think that's an excellent point. I think it really boils down to you got to do what you love. And if traveling is what you love, go and travel. If doing something else is your number one priority and it brings you all the joy in the world, then you should definitely go do that. Um, I think for the sake of this podcast and for me and you, it just happens to be dropping yourself in a random country in a random city where people probably don't speak the same language as you and you just yeah. figure it out exactly yeah and i mean the, and the thing is don't be afraid to take a step because i know it's not easy to get out of the you know the comfort zone that you have the, the area that you feel comfortable you know take a usually what happens is people take a step and come back and see it's okay then take two steps and come back three steps and come back just take a leap of faith Trust me, it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's a good way to end it, Emery.